You are listening to the Balkan Bread Podcast. This is a podcast created to connect diaspora worldwide by sharing each other's stories. guys and welcome back to another episode of the Balkan Bread podcast. My name is Amina and thank you guys so much for being here. I am super excited because we're on a roll with the episodes again. I have plenty of exciting guests for you guys and really the point of this podcast is to showcase other stories from the diaspora and in turn, hopefully you learn something that you can apply to, you know, your daily life, or maybe it's someone who is on a similar career path to you, that kind of thing. So the whole mission of the podcast is essentially connection. So I'm super excited for our guest today. So we actually have a former pro athlete on the podcast, which is super cool. I don't think we've ever had this happen before. So I'm super stoked to have my friend Sam on our podcast, and I'm going to turn it over to him. He's just going to kind of introduce himself and yeah. Well, first of all, Amina, thank you so much for having me on. I'm extremely excited and blessed to kind of be a part of this to able to kind of share my story. So as you said, I, I'm Samir. Uh, I kind of have quite the path in regards to where I've gotten to today. So I'm excited to kind of share that a little bit with you. Definitely, definitely. Thanks for being here. Absolutely. Excited, excited to kind of share the story and, and connect with a lot of our people across the country. I think there's so many of us that have a lot of interesting stories and have all gone through our own challenges. And similar to you, right, uh, kind of found their path and found their passion. Um, and it's awesome to kind of connect and know that even though we're all over the place, we're a little bit closer to home than we think. Exactly, exactly. That's definitely the whole point of this. So I guess just to start off, I know when we initially talked on the phone, um, if you guys don't know, if you're ever on the podcast or have your story featured, I always do an intro call just to kind of get to know everyone a little bit better. And I know when we talked on the phone, it was like, okay, this is really long. So I don't know how I'm going to condense my story for you, but I thought it was really interesting. Um, I guess, obviously, we're going to talk about basketball and all that kind of stuff. So before we get into that, anything else that you want to mention just kind of for your overall intro? You know, I, I think for me, and I, I piggybacked on this just a tad bit earlier, right? We're all, we all come from kind of a similar background, but we're all having different challenges that we're going through um, and kind of finding our own paths and creating our own journeys here in the States. And so I think for me, um, my path has been uh, extremely exciting from a sports standpoint and then kind of uh, where I'm now in healthcare. And we'll talk a little bit about that, but um, I'm just, just, just excited to kind of share that because um, I had that growing up, you know, I was a guy that was very close to a lot of our Bosnian athletes, like, like Nurkic and some of those guys. And so, you know, you never know what one little tidbit might inspire a younger generation to essentially chase their dreams. So, Hopefully I'll be able to share a little bit of my story and, and inspire someone. Yeah, I love that. And I think that's obviously, like I said, the whole point of this. So going into just sports in general, yeah. why basketball? When did you start playing? And how did you work your way up to eventually becoming a D1 college athlete? 
Yeah, I mean, right, it's it's a long-winded story, and I'm not here to bore anybody with it, but I think from a very young age, I was fortunate. My dad was a former uh, professional slash Olympian athlete for our country, Bosnia, and, um, you know, kind of sat me down at an early age and said, hey, you know, there's two routes you can do this. You either do this uh, and you have fun with it, or you do this and, you know, you kind of, you have fun with it still, but you take it a little bit more serious. And so, uh, that path, I, I kind of locked in and said, you know, this is what I wanted to do. I wanted to chase, you know, this dream and going forward with it. And so throughout my childhood, really my biggest goal was to essentially get my school and pay for it and end up going to the school of my dreams. Um, being, as I like to joke around, being big, wide and unathletic, uh, playing the game of basketball, I knew that for me, academics was just a big part. Uh, to be able to leverage myself into certain schools. And so um, it was just a lot of uh, understanding of how to divvy your 24 hours from an academic standpoint and also from an athletic standpoint. And so I was never the greatest athlete. I was never the greatest student, but I knew that if I maximized myself in both categories, that I could essentially combine the two and give myself a really good option. And so that essentially ended up leading me into having some pretty good options coming out of my senior year and cut my list down to, you know, the Vanderbilt, Notre Dame, Wake Forest, Stanford, um, Davidson and Iowa. And so between those six, um, I ended up choosing Vanderbilt and kind of started off my, my college career there. Gotcha. Gotcha. Did your dad also play basketball? I'm just curious. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, I said athlete, but I, I didn't really mention what he did. So he was a, he was a javelin thrower track and field guy. So, uh, I like to joke around and say he's a little shorter and wider than I am, uh, but he's stronger than I am. So, uh, but yeah, he was a track athlete kind of growing up. I gotcha. I gotcha. Yeah. I think having that person, especially if it's something that's, you know, you've seen what they've accomplished. So I think, you know, if that's your kid, obviously they're going to be inspired to go after, you know, something similar or just kind of have that type of drive to try something new. I know for myself, um, and I didn't realize this until really recently, but a lot of people in my family have done whatever kind of business you can imagine or like side hustle they've started. Um, I know my grandpa, he's tried so many things and it's just funny. It's, he's like, sometimes they work, sometimes they don't work, but you know, we just keep trying <laughs> kind of thing. So yeah, I think having that person definitely makes a difference um, and kind of puts you in that like competitive headspace and you want to do better and you want to obviously like have that college experience, which can be really difficult. I feel like people don't realize, and I didn't play a sport in college. I don't know how it is, but I can imagine just balancing all of that, like the very strict schedule and regimen, everything that they put in front of you, plus academics, plus, you know, a social life, if that even existed, I don't know. <laughs> so can definitely, definitely be difficult. Uh, I'm a strong believer in that 24 hours is a lot of time in the day. Um, and so, you know, it's just essentially planning and scheduling. Um, you know, I, I pride myself on my organization and kind of studying of my calendar and understanding what I have in front of me. And so uh, while even sometimes I look back and the things that I was able to do in college in regards to an athletics standpoint with academics, um, it really wasn't difficult at the time because you just, you learn how to divvy up your time and how to essentially uh, become best friends with your calendar um, and, and it, it essentially works out in the long run. For sure, for sure. Like if anything, it gives you kind of those skills and you can take that later on into life. So Absolutely. That's awesome. 
So do you have one person who inspires you the most, or I don't know if there's like a particular quote or a book or just anything in general? Yeah. Well, a a, a little bit of all of those. I'm, uh, I'm a little, I like to joke around and say I'm a little woo woo uh, when it comes to certain things. Uh, Big reader, uh, you know, I love quotes, essentially live my life by quotes. I ask some of my friends and they get tired of it. Uh, but I think starting off with, you know, a person in my life, I mean, it has to be my dad. And I think for a lot of us in, in our situation here in the States, uh, you know, I was, I was actually created in Bosnia, but born here. Um, so I'll let everyone's imagination there. Uh, but for, you know, from, from that standpoint, you know, like, like many of us, parents came here with nothing, didn't have nothing. And so, you know, my father and, and the family started 20 feet below the ground. I'm fortunate to essentially be starting 20 feet above the ground. Um, and, you know, when you put that perspective towards things, it'd be a shame if I was at the same level uh, at his age or, you know, or even close a little bit above it. Right. It's so I think that's a huge driving factor for me is just understanding where I'm at compared to where he started at my age. And, and that's, you know, in regards to everything he's taught me growing up. So he's definitely my rock, my foundation for those things. And is a mentor on all things, um, you know, in regards to how I live my life. But that in, you know, in hand with a quote, I think goes really strongly with my favorite book, my favorite quote of all time. And it's change the way you look at things and the things you look at will change. I think life is all about perspective, right? My lens is different than your lens. Uh, but, you know, if I can try to understand and educate myself on what you're looking at in your perspective, you start to understand why people are thinking and doing certain things. And so it doesn't mean you have to agree with them, but you have a little bit of empathy with them and sympathy. And so I think for that end, uh, one of the quotes I really try to live my life, and it applies to of my favorite words in the book. And this is what I'm telling you, I'm getting a little woo-woo with you, but uh, gratitude and abundance, right? So just an understanding of you're always grateful for the situation that you're in and understand that there's enough in this world uh, for everybody. And and kind of continue chasing your dream and helping other people chase theirs. Um, and so that's kind of the perspective I try to live my life with. Definitely. And like you said, being born here, um, yeah, we were both born in Atlanta. Can you yes, that? yes. Funny. So just having that, it's always kind of, I feel like we definitely had more of an advantage versus let's say a lot of my friends were born over there and they came here in like 2003, let's say, or something yeah. like that. So, it's a little bit different and my parents had already had the opportunity to really learn the language and from the very start they always said you know if possible if we can we don't really want to work with a bunch of bosnians because we're never going to learn english so they would put themselves in these different jobs and situations just in an attempt to learn because when you know that language you know that is like the golden ticket to for sure opportunity and a bunch of things like that so um, definitely had that advantage and I don't know about you but just growing up here and everything I would always kind of put that pressure on myself like you know my parents gave up everything to come here like I have to make them proud I have to do this thing I have to you know I can't fail per se even though I feel many times but you know what I'm saying like you always have that at the top of your mind and back of your brain and every single thing that you do. And, you know, I think that's a great example. It's something that doesn't leave you. Um, So 
yeah and like going back to the quotes and the books i think that's okay i read a lot too so <laughs> <laughs> i love it i love it woo-woo stuff i have my like salt lamp it's back here you can't oh, i i got you know this is an audio podcast but you can't see it but i got two of them in my in my house as well so big big believer in, in as well and so yes. yeah no and i think whenever you read those kinds of books just anything that's like self-improvement or self-development okay. even though it sounds kind of like uh, you know people are like are you really going to read that is that really going to do anything for you but usually what happens is like you have that quote and you'll read a line in the book and it'll resonate with you you know so so much and then you can kind of take that further into everything that you do so that's yeah. kind of what I found at least but for sure and 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 I'll and I'll say one more thing on that you know it's uh, it, it's kind of a standpoint of I like to think about it. It's right. Like you read it. So you hear it, you hear it. So you think it, you think it. So you start to believe it, you start to believe it, you start to do it. And so you have to execute every single one of those steps for it to actually come to fruition. And sometimes, you know, you don't get through all of the steps, but I think when you continuously, I'm not going to say overwhelm your brain, but when you start to um, kind of flood your brain with that information and positive information, certain things start to stick and you start to then, right here, believe it, and then essentially do it. So uh, I'm a big believer in it. I've had a lot of success in my life through some of those, you know, some of those steps. So I like to continue with it. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. Um, so moving on into, like I mentioned failure earlier, but what were some of the biggest challenges you went through, I guess, specifically as an athlete and just what did you learn from them in general? Yeah, yeah exactly. And exactly going back to these steps, I think, you know, as athletes, for many of us, it's you're living on the highs and lows constantly, right? You're one week, you feel like you're on top of the world. The next week, you feel like I shouldn't even be playing the sport. And it's, it's just constant high and low of good game, bad game, bad game, good game, great game, amazing game, not so good game. And for me, it was essentially understanding at an early age that if I wanted to play at the highest level that I possibly could for myself, that I needed to understand how to live at a constant playing field, right? And, and control my mind, because if I could control my mind to not live on those peaks and valleys, then I could then continue to ex execute and be consistent in my game and, and who I was. And so I think that was the biggest focus for myself in college, stepping in as a freshman, um, you know, I, you know, just openly, transparently had a, had a big ego, had a big head, right? It was a fairly highly recruited athlete, stepped in, and you start to realize that coach doesn't even know your name, right? You're like, it's, it's, it hits you like, like a brick wall. And so was always a hard worker. That wasn't the issue. But the issue for me was understanding how to be consistent. And I essentially learned that I needed to control how I viewed the game of basketball and how I went into every single practice and every single game. And I didn't judge myself or judge my ability based on that performance in those, in those moments. And so uh, throughout that year, learned a lot about myself and how to essentially control that. And that's where I got into the meditation, the reading, the quotes and all that stuff and certain people in my life right, that I leaned on uh, a lot. So with that being said, that really helped springboard me into the rest of my college career um, because I, I stayed very, very level headed and made gradual improvements. Um, and that, of course, trickled into the rest of my life because I'm a strong believer in how you do anything is how you do everything. Um, and so that trickled into the rest of my life and is now progressing into what I'm doing today. Yeah, that's awesome. And 
it can be kind of hard, like I said, going back to the whole thing, putting pressure on yourself and, you know, you have one bad game and you're just kind of like, okay, how do I bounce back from this? Or, you know, what's next? Or, you know, even questioning, why am I doing this? I mean, that happens as an entrepreneur too. Like yeah, that's sure. certain things that happen and you're just like, why me? Why is this <laughs> happening? I don't understand. But really it's, it's just solving problems and it's a matter of figuring out, you know, what can I do to either make this better, fix this, or what am I going to learn from it? I think that's the biggest thing. If you can take a lesson, you know, out of anything, then you're going to be so much farther along than a lot of people, trust me. Um, I know there's people that just like to, I don't know why, but they're always complaining about something in their life. And it just doesn't make sense to me because it's like, you don't realize how good you have it until something mm, sure. super drastic, you know, happens to you or to someone that you love. So anyway, like a lot of it is mental and just putting yourself yeah. in those, you know, different books or different situations. And yeah, I mean, even with working out, like running, I feel like is super mental. It's like, you just yeah. zone out and you just go with it. You know, I mean, I don't know, at least that's how it is for me. So. Oh, it's, trust me, I, I, I agree with that. Um, it's been a lot harder for me to run since I've stepped out of basketball. <laughs> so it's definitely mental, right? I didn't have a problem running when I had a basketball in my hands. So it's a little different now, but that goes to show you how mental it is. <laughs> yeah, for sure, for sure, for sure. Okay, let's see. So, okay. And then in addition to playing, you know, college basketball, everything like that, you also had the opportunity to play in Europe and also played for the Bosnian men's national basketball team. So how was that whole experience like? How did you feel representing the motherland? Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I think looking back in my sports career is by far my biggest accomplishment. Um, I think just from a standpoint of what it meant to me and what it meant to my family, um, you know, 1992 in Barcelona, for Bar the Barcelona 1992 Olympics, my dad qualified. Um, and just, you know, weeks, months before he was supposed to report for training camp, gets drafted into the war, right? And so essentially lose, loses out on his dream and, and loses out on everything he's worked for up until that point. Uh, but like he says, he goes, you know, very fortunate and blessed to have not lost my life. I lost my sports career, didn't lose my life. Um, so right from that perspective, almost 23 years to the date, um, I was able to put on that same jersey and that same representation that he didn't get the opportunity to do. So I think from my standpoint, right, to have worked your entire life, to have heard the stories from him and what he did, it was almost like 50 years worth of work put together to finally put on that jersey. I mean, it was an unbelievable experience for me, built so many, not just friendships, but bro a brotherhood with those guys. And um, due to me not continuously playing, I, I didn't, you know, continue to play with the national team. But that short stint that I had with them was an unbelievable experience and was just able to learn so much. And I think more than anything, it was it was almost like a, an exhale from a standpoint of, you know, you you were able to see so much blood, sweat and tears, like I said, from my dad doing it to now me doing it. And um, just a, just an unbelievable emotional feeling for me. Yeah, I think that's really powerful and it's something that's meaningful. Like it kind of goes beyond the sport. Yeah, it's so sure. much more than that. And it's really like, I remember, I think one of the, I used to write these articles in college and I would write a bunch that were just like about Bosnians and stuff. Uh -huh. 
pretty funny. Um, so I wrote one, it was just talking about like, you know, why soccer is more than just a sport to Bosnian. So I'm switching to soccer, but yeah. anyway, it can be applied in any sport context, sure. just like there's so much emotion. And like, we, I was talking about when we qualified for the world cup and like how that was such a big thing. I think yeah. just sitting there watching it, you know, with my mom, my dad, my brother, like that was one of the most stressful moments like ever. I don't even know how to explain it because you know, it's not just soccer. It's like, oh my God, this is our chance to really make history and really show the rest of the world who we are. And that's why it was so important. And so I think going back to, you know, your particular experience, like playing for the national team, it's a really similar thing and yeah. kind of indescribable, just that whole, yeah. you know, yeah. time that you were there. Were you there? Like, was this happening when you were in college or how did that work? Like, what was the time frame? Yeah, so the time frame um, for me was I actually had just finished my junior year of college um, at Tulane. I ended up transferring from Vandy. My coach got fired, transitioned over, um, and um, I had actually left after my junior year to go pro. And so in the summer between the year I went pro and the end of my, my college junior year, that was the summer that I participated for about a month and a half of training camp for about a month and then we spent another two three weeks in china playing and you know you mentioned the, the soccer aspect of it right from you know from a player standpoint uh growing up here in the states and and essentially only having you know your mom your dad and your sister from my standpoint it was a very close-knit family but yet we knew back home we had all this blood and cousins and grandmas and grandpas and so it was kind of a, a weird feeling because I felt that when I put that jersey on, even though it was for a couple of games, you know, you're thinking like I'm representing everything that's ever come through me. Like I joke around and people ask, where are you from? I'm like, I'm a purebred Bosnian. Right. Uh, and so I was like, you know, everything that's happened, your whole bloodline, you're, that's what you're putting on that jersey. And it just it, it's an emotional, exciting feeling, you know, um, to have done that, even for that short stint, like I said definitely a huge, huge, my biggest accomplishment when it comes to being an athlete and very fortunate and blessed that I was able to do it. Yeah, one thing that's always kind of become apparent for me just talking to other diaspora and people that grew up specifically in the States is that we, whenever we go back home, we feel like we're too American or we get criticized, like you're too American. And then yeah. living here, you're too Bosnian or too <laughs> whatever nationality. Um, and that's just kind of, I feel like the immigrant life. I mean, there's really nothing you can do about that. And yeah. I think it's a matter of, but I get what you're saying. It's like, when you go back there, it's almost like this feeling of, I don't know, almost feeling like accepted and like people aren't because I don't know, sometimes people with diaspora, when you go home, they're like, or you try to go home and like people go back and buy, you know, an apartment in Sarajevo or something like that. And then people yeah. get a hard time, like, oh, now you're going to come back or they go back for like grad school or college, you know, because it's a little bit cheaper kind of thing. And so sometimes we don't always have the best, I guess, reputation. It's not necessarily our fault. It was just the circumstances and how you know, the cards were dealt and stuff like that. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, that's definitely something that we always talk about. And I'm like, I know how it is, but you know, you just kind of have to embrace both parts of your identity and not, you know, be like, I don't know. I've never been too like more one of the other. I don't know. I'm just kind of like, no, you know, sure. I, I was born here. Um, like I learned how to drive on a pickup truck, <laughs> like, you know, that's just how it is kind of thing. But I also, 
you know, I love everything that's related to back home. And obviously that's one of the reasons why I started this brand. Yeah. And, and, and just quickly on that is, and I, it's, it's also one of the things that I think for us is a huge benefit. Um, you know, I look at my life and sometimes I talk about, I think my best education has been the ability to have traveled, the ability to have been connected to multiple cultures and ethnicities and races and, and religions and all this stuff, because you right tying back in that perspective is you start to learn about different people's perspective and why they think the way they do. And even from an American standpoint, right? Sometimes you can't blame, uh, I say you can't blame Americans for the way they view us because they don't know what it's like on that other side and but vice versa with Bosnians, right? And, and we're fortunate enough to have seen both sides. It doesn't make us smarter. It doesn't make us anything like that. It just gives us more experience and a, and a little bit of a different perspective that I think in my opinion, is very beneficial in the long run for us. 100%, because so many people here, you know, I got to college and everyone was doing study abroad. And I remember everyone was like, oh, I'm so excited. I've never been out of the country. I'm like, yeah. you have it? <laughs> like, not to put myself on this, you know. No, for sure. That was normal, you know, the yeah, first time. Yeah. I went back home, I think it was 2002. So I'm just yeah. like, oh, I've always been on an airplane, you know, almost every summer kind of thing. So yeah, you can't necessarily put the blame on someone for that, but um, kind of goes into the next question. So do you go back home often and what's your connection like? Because you mentioned having a lot of family that's still over there. Yeah, you know, I, unfortunately I would say that compared to to some other friends that are Bosnia and stuff like that, I haven't had the opportunity to go much over there. Uh, a lot of it has been tied to basketball. And so the opportunities that I have been able to go over there have been basketball related, uh, which is also nice, right? It's an opportunity for me to, you know, get out and see family, but also take care of what I need to take care of while I'm there. Growing up, um, you know, I picked the lifestyle that I picked, which was, you know, summer basketball, high school basketball, AAU basketball, all these different things. And so I was very locked into that, that I didn't get to spend a lot of time um, essentially over the pond um, with family. You know, you, you can't, there's an opportunity cost with everything that you do um, and you have to pick and choose different things. I, I did choose to kind of spend my time and focus here, but was fortunate that my family was able to bring grandparents and, and things like that here to spend with us. And so that connection is still there, of course, um, but would love to now as I'm getting older, um, and have spent some time in other places in Europe playing basketball, would love to now be able to get back over there and, and really start to uh, help out in other ways um, and, and kind of just in, in, enrich and entrench myself into that community once again. So uh, we'd definitely like to pick on that, pick up on that a little bit more. Yeah, I actually, it's almost been three years, but I went to, I volunteered. It was basically just a program they had in Mostar mm -hmm. at the international high school, like the United World College, it was part of that program. And so it was completely free. Um, the people that organized it, they were actually from England, but basically it brought together all the different nationalities of kids. So, yeah. you know, in Bosnia, everything's still segregated in terms of like the school system, which is so crazy. And I'm still stunned to this day, like just talking to my cousins that live down there and thinking like, really, you have to deal with that? You know, it's like, Bosnians go to school one time of day, different for Croatians, another time of day, you know, it's just like yeah. stupid. So anyway, this program brought all the kids together and it was great. And so I did that for three weeks. And I think you learn a lot about 
what the circumstances are like, just living there, growing up there, just talking to the kids. Um, you know, not everyone in the program was Bosnian, but I think since I was, I was able to like kind of build that connection more with the kids. The whole program was in English because we wanted them to practice, but like that definitely helped. And just being home and being able to like walk down the street and like run into my relative, like that's so cool. I love that. And people would just be like, what's going on? I'm like, oh, that's just my uncle. Like, don't worry. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, there's so many opportunities and things that I didn't even know existed. Like had I not gone to, we have these diaspora conferences here in the US and had I not gone to one of them, I would have never learned about this program. Um, so I think, yeah, there's a lot out there to be seen and it's never too late to go back, even if it's been, you know, I know some people, they haven't been back in like 20 something years, but you know, which is a very long time, but everyone has their reasons. Some people don't have a lot of family back there. Absolutely. Everything's gone, you know, like you just don't really have much of a reason to go back. So I'm fortunate to still have that family there to you know, go see and visit, things like that. So, so yeah. Um, and then the last question is just, what made you decide to transition from playing basketball to now working in healthcare? And I know this is probably a long answer. So. Yeah, yeah, a, a little bit of a, of a lengthy answer. And, you know, it, it was, you know, I, I think what started off as, you know, one of the worst things that's probably happened to my family, I think is going to end up being one of the, I won't say the best things, but I think one of the things that really changes uh, our perspective on life and changes the way we live our life and what we all do um, from a to a positive standpoint, right? And um, essentially, um, I had just finished uh, my junior year at Tulane, had just finished my MBA my junior year. So went through that whole process, really achieved everything I wanted to do academically, um, had gotten to the point athletically in college where I felt very confident who I was as a player and had the opportunity to go play with the national team that then led to the opportunity to play professionally. And so really, right, you're right back up on the top of the mountain. You're feeling amazing. You're feeling everything you've ever worked for in your life is right there. Uh, I ended up signing my first professional contract in Switzerland. And it went throughout that year and things were going really well. Um, and then right around November of that year, uh, ended up getting a call saying that my younger sister, who was 15 at the time, had been diagnosed with stage four brain cancer. Um, and just as, just as anyone else would, right, your whole life kind of goes black, essentially, right? You don't know what to think, what to do. And uh, she ended up going into surgery that week. She had three major brain surgeries within the course of 10 days. I ended up coming home for that time and, um, you know, was uh, on the other end of, uh, of the lobby or the other end of the OR, right, waiting for her to get out of surgery. And so um, I ended up I ended up spending that time with her. Actually, ended up going back overseas to finish the remainder of the season. She had uh, she had a really good surgery. They went really well. They were able to remove about a golf ball sized tumor uh, from her pineal gland, which is about the middle of the brain, um, or towards the bottom. And uh, had a very successful surgery. I ended up coming back overseas to finish my season. And you know, just things were things just didn't feel right. Right, like as anyone else, you're constantly thinking about how they're. What is she going to go through? She had to go through chemo, had to go through radiation, had to do all these different things. And I decided that it would be my best interest to kind of come home and spend time with family during that time and, and say, hey, you know what? I know what my family is going through and I pride myself on how close and how, you know, together we are. 
I need to be home during this time. So I actually had came home uh, to be with her a week later. Uh, the president shut down the borders to the United States. So I got super fortunate and blessed again from that end. Um, and I spent the next, you know, six to eight months uh, in lockdown with COVID like everybody else, but right was with the family and just in the hospital every single day, talking to my sister, going through all these things. So you start doing your own research. You start trying to figure out, you know, how they do the surgery? What is she going through and all this stuff? And I started learning about uh, an industry called medical device sales and all this stuff. And throughout the time I was working with a mentor of mine and long story short, I really started to question, you know, what I was doing with my life. Um, I knew that I essentially achieved what I wanted to basketball wise, but I wanted to do something that I felt was making a difference in someone's life every single day. And so I knew I would never be a, a neurosurgeon or I knew I'd never be a nurse and never was that smart to get into that type of, uh, you know, that type of field and do all that. But I wanted to play 1%, right? If I could play 1% every single day, then I felt like it'd be pretty easy to wake up uh, in the morning. Um, and just started digging, digging really, really deep. And long story short, I ended up um, getting a job uh, with a company, a medical device called Striker that essentially sells a tumor resection product that was used exact, that was used on my sister to essentially save her life. Um, so I spend every single day in an OR seeing tumor resections and seeing people's lives get saved by neurosurgeons, right? Talking and working with neurosurgeons and that nursing staff and his staff every single day. So to say it's easy to wake up in the morning and to sit in that room and know that you're playing 1%, probably the least percentage of, of the people in that room, but you're still playing some type of part in that room. It is an unbelievable feeling. It is a huge blessing. And it's something that I feel very, very happy that I decided to step away from basketball for. Um, and has been a very easy transition uh, from a passion standpoint. So I'm a little bit of a long-winded answer, um, but it's been a huge change over the course of my last, last 12 months. Um, but overall, like I said, what started off as something um, very negative and probably the hardest thing my family's ever gone through and hopefully will go through, um, I think ended up turning into a transition for us in a very, very positive way and how we're going to live the rest of our lives. Yeah. Is, is she still getting treatment or is she? Yeah. So she actually went through, she went through 30 days of, of radiation, went through about four or five months of chemo and she finished up in the summer. So she's about almost, I would say six months now from her last chemo. She's doing really, really well. She just got her license. So they cleared her to drive a couple of weeks ago. Uh, she just had her 16th birthday in August. So I mean, she is up on the upswing. She's getting stronger. She's doing really, really well um, and very fortunate, very blessed. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, what a rock star. Like, that's so much to go through. I'm trying to, like, picture myself, you know, yeah. at that age, like, dealing with these really serious things and, like, maintaining, you know, this sense of, like, it's going to be okay. Like, I can get through this. I had my friend Layla. She lives here in Georgia. She also had cancer, um, different form, like something super rare. But that's kind of something we talked about is I was like, well, how was it like going to your, you know, appointments? And she would always say, you know, my mom would always break down crying, like she couldn't handle it. And, you know, of course, understandable. But she was just kind of like, you know, I'm going to get through this, you know, I don't know, I don't know how to put it into words, she put it in better than I am right yeah. now, but yeah, I think it's something that changes not only her life, but it also affects you and kind of makes you, like you said, question what you're doing and 
it like your life kind of passes by in the blink of an eye and you start to think okay if I were gone tomorrow like would I be happy with everything that I've kind of done for myself and put out there and so very deep thought but until you go through something like that you you really don't know and I try to explain it to people but it's like you know they're just not going to get it unless they've gone through something very traumatic like that so yeah and and you know I, I think for for me right from a standpoint of an Basketball to me was a huge blessing, gave me so many opportunities, gave me essentially everything I've wanted in my life. I was able to do through basketball, travel, um, just all this stuff, meet people. And so me stepping away from basketball wasn't anything that I was like, oh, this is keeping me away from doing something else. It, It was essentially just that it was drawing me towards emotionally, right? Seeing, seeing my sister in there, seeing, you know, you're in these hospitals and it's unbelievable to see how these nurses are dealing with these people, right? I mean, there's people that are going through some extreme illnesses and these nurses and doctors, everyone has a smile on their face, right? And they're radiating this positive energy. And one of the things I really wanted to do when I was home uh, with my sister was, I think one of the best medicines you can give someone that's in that situation is happiness and a smile and positivity. And that's something that can't be measured in grams and in ounces, but I think it's something that you feel the effects of. Um, and it's something that now was so strong in my life for eight months that I feel connected to every single day in my job. Um, and it's, it's just, like I said, it's a very easy thing to wake up in the morning and do. And um, just, to, just, what turned out as a, as a difficult thing ended up, I think, a fortunate lifestyle for, for the future. For sure. For sure. Yeah. Like you said, laughing and just like, oh, I remember because I hate hospitals. Like I just cannot because of my experience personally, but you know, that's just me. That was like yeah. the first day of my life. But I remember after it happened and like, I just remember like calling my friend and I was just like, my dad died. Like what is happening? I, you yeah. know, I just, I couldn't believe it. And I texted my, I didn't know what to do. I texted my like group of friends. Um, We had just graduated college together. And I was like, hey guys, you know, this happened. Like I'm going to be at my house. I don't know what to do, you know, kind of thing. And every single one of them showed up and we were all just like, I mean, we didn't really talk about it too much, but they were just like helping me laugh and just kind of like, like old times, you know, of course this terrible thing happened, but they were still there for me. And I think that's when I knew I was going to be okay because I was like, okay, if I can laugh like today about something, you know, that's amazing. And so, yeah, I I don't know. Like you just, you don't know. And I'm a firm believer that the universe and just God in general, like they put people in your life for a reason. Like two of those friends who I'd met, I signed up for that entrepreneurship class. I think I talked to you about it a little bit on a whim, totally random. Um, ended up meeting some great people in there. And then two of my friends, they had actually both lost their dad, um, like I think a few years prior. And so they were two of the people that I could really lean on and go to and just kind of, you know, talk to them about that whole experience. But I think everything that's happened just from that particular moment in time um, has really influenced me to kind of keep going with this brand and you know I could have just quit and said you know screw this I'm just gonna do something else whatever you know I just went through something crazy kind of thing because I started it I think just two months before all of this happened so it was very much in just the beginning stages kind of thing but um yeah definitely shaped me as a person and I've met so many cool people just through sharing that whole story I know it's you know, not exactly the easiest thing to talk about, but I think just opening and, you know, 
I don't know, having these conversations is important. Like, I can't tell you how many people have, you know, just reached out to me and said, you know, thank you for sharing that. And I'm sure you've had similar experiences just, you know, in these different instances. And so that kind of reminds you like, okay, this is why I'm doing this. This is why it's really important to me. And I hope to, you know, carry that on through, I don't know, the rest of my life. I don't know what the next five years are going to bring for this business, but we shall see. So, yeah, well, I'll say this much. I'm extremely happy that you continued pushing through that um, and have kept this brand. I told you when we were on the phone, um, it it is extremely inspiring and it's extremely amazing to see what you're doing with this. I think a lot of people are supporting you, even if you don't hear it. I mean, I'll, I'll be the first one to say that you never heard from me, but that I'd heard about you and what you were doing with this brand. So, I mean, just amazing that you keep on pushing with it. And right, it goes also show you that if you can do it through those toughest times at the very beginning, you'll be able to do this, you know, moving forward through anything that comes your way. So uh, I appreciate you also having me on here to kind of be able to share my story. And you mentioned one more thing um, in regards to the people around you. Um, I'm a strong believer myself and that there's 7 billion people on this planet for a reason. Um, Whether, you know, whether that be to compete some people believe that way. I also believe that there's enough for everyone, right? And so God or whatever you believe in in a higher power um, wouldn't have put 7 billion people on this planet if there wasn't a reason for it, right? There's there's a reason that we're here and that we connect with the people we connect to and that's to inspire, to make each other smile, happy, give, give um, uh, to each other. And the people that don't, those are just lessons that you learn from to be able to then take that and give someone else, right? So Uh, I'm a strong believer in that. I had to piggyback off that because I absolutely love that. Um, But once again, thank you. Thank you so much um, for having the opportunity to jump on here with you. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for just taking the time to have this conversation. I hope that whoever's listening, you know, you learned something new or kind of change your outlook on a certain situation, something like that. So um, very excited. If you guys are interested in being featured on an upcoming episode of the podcast, you can send us an email. It's hello at balkanbread.com with the subject line podcast. And that's all that we have. So thank you again for being here. And we will talk to you guys on the next episode. Bye, everyone.